0: They say, they say, we should have known
1: better than to fall so deep down, deep down into this rabbit hole we found. And Welcome I to Down the Rabbit Hole Enterprise, security, enterprise security, security News. All the news relevant to you and your business, squeezed into 20 minutes or less. And now... Welcome your Monday morning information security quarterbacks, James Jardine and the White Rabbit, Rafael Lopes.
0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Monday. Uh, This is August the 12th. It is bright and shiny early Monday morning here in the windy city. James, uh, you're out west today, aren't you?
2: Yeah, beautiful morning in uh, Los Angeles today.
0: Is the sun even up that far over there?
2: Uh, no, no, I don't see any sun, but you know I've got the big, huge curtains drawn because it's uh, it's fairly early here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what better time to talk about it, uh, enterprise information security things than um, early Monday morning? So, episode fifty-three is going to kick off like this. Hey, James. Yes. I think my garbage can is stalking me.
2: Do you? I I, I think that may be actually possible, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: you, know, uh, you posted this article up to me, and I, I read this, and I'm, I'm reading it laughing, but then I'm going, oh, God, this is for real.
2: Yeah, you know, it's no joke. I mean, I found this story um, out there about, no, this isn't a scene from Minority Report. This trash can is stalking you, uh, which... You know, the idea is that these trash cans have something in there that be that's able to sniff your wireless Mac ID from your phone or your other mobile device and basically kind of track your, your footfall in the area, right? They, they say that they're not tracking anything personal about, right? It's just that Mac address for marketing purposes so they can see who goes into what stores, all this stuff. But it really does raise a lot of questions of how far can you go with this type of technology.
0: Well, I mean, look. Let's face it. Uh, Google already has all of our MAC addresses because they war drive and do other things, right? Um, we give our MAC addresses to every AP that we connect to. Uh, it won't be long uh, before these types of things know where you, you know, we're gonna get a uh, we're gonna get an email from a garbage can. I know where you were last night. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, this is coming out of London where they're trying this, you know, and they they put it out there and tried it for a little bit. But we've seen the same thing for uh malls where I don't think it's been, I don't know if it's been implemented, but they've talked about it here about doing this type of thing in malls to be able to track users throughout the mall to see how many people actually go in the store compared to how many people buy something or go back in later or I left this store and this many people went to this other store. Specifically, so it's just kind of a new twist on something that's been out there before.
0: Well, so and it's only fitting that it's London, the city with a bajillion cameras staring at you all over the place. I mean, you just they want to know where people went; they just look at the cameras, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess you could use trash cans to do it. It is interesting, though, just to think of the idea that everything you walk by, you know, is, is picking up information and gathering, or whether be it benign or something worse than that you know at the end of the article it talks about being able to attach specific attributes to people for example if this mac address is going into the ladies restroom, right then hopefully we can assume that the user of that device is a female
0: i don't know if you can assume that anymore these days
2: Well, (laughs) we'd like to assume that
0: yeah yeah, i I still would anyway call me (laughs) old-fashioned Uh, so you know i think this is dangerous I, mean, I i think it's cool right for marketing this is i guess the the two sides of the of the coin where and it's completely applicable to the from the enterprise world cuz i know there's a lot of a lot of our listeners maybe some of them are even trying some of this technology um but you're looking at the the sort of the collision between the increased ability for technology to tell us more about ourselves and more about our clients more about our, our, our surrounding world and at the same time, we're trying to, um, well, some of us are trying to keep some semblance of our, you know, privacy. Uh, much of which is going away. But this technology doesn't work if you're not walking around with Wi-Fi on, right?
2: Right. I mean, that's their recommendation. If you don't want to be tracked, turn your Wi-Fi off. Which, you know, I mean, the thing that makes it difficult is, do you want to every time you're going out someplace have to remember, oh, let me turn off the Wi-Fi so I can't be tracked? And I find it interesting that there's somewhat of a difference. I mean, you could draw parallels between this and something like Facebook or Foursquare or some of these sites where, you know, you're going in and you're basically handing over tracking information. Hey, I just checked into this location. But we're doing that consciously. And here we're saying, look, just by owning a phone, I've now opened myself up to the idea that people are tracking me, whether they know it's me or not, but they're doing all this tracking. I didn't necessarily sign up there as I did when I signed up for one of these social sites. And I said, yes, I'm aware that me doing this is allowing tracking. Uh, so I can see a difference there.
0: Yeah, I wonder how many of these garbage cans say, caution, I may be tracking your Mac address. If you'd like me not to track you, please turn off your Wi-Fi. On Android, click these 37 buttons. On iOS, click these features. I, I don't, I don't suspect that's going to happen, and this is one of those where – um, just because they tell people doesn't mean that anybody's going to know what the heck to do with it I'm not sure what the what the public awareness of it is until of course it reaches a fever pitch and somebody figures out how to hack these things get the data out of it, learn how to stalk somebody with it uh, and then it makes the news and of course then it's you know but th- you know not to be over over sensitive on it but I think we need to start thinking about the intersection of this type of activity with uh, the things that happen you know, in our in in privacy i guess or or trying to keep some semblance of it cuz this, this is dangerous this is really really dangerous
2: yeah i think with anything like that right i mean there's this idea that oh we're just going to use it for this um, it's marketing only but then it all you know it always turns into something more because if, whether it's a security flaw in the system and somebody takes advantage of it or somebody just starts realizing look at all this data that i have and they, you know, start seeing the, the the money truck flying through the windows of, look how much money we can make using this. Uh, so very interesting.
0: Exactly. Hey, James, time for a knock-knock joke. Knock-knock. Who's there? Indiana State Police. We've tracked our lap- stolen laptop to your house. Don't! <laughs> <laughs> Not so much a knock-knock joke as our, our next topic here. So the, uh, the headline that caught my attention, uh, this was from uh, earlier this week, and it says – state colon no data breach after stolen laptop traced to indie home of course i read that with my cynical eye and and thought about um well that's interesting um so you're fairly certain that nothing got uh, taken off that laptop even though uh, it was accessed and even though it was clearly connected to the intertubes um, but so, how about a little backstory on this? So it, uh, this this article was hilarious, in in a way that made me cry. Um, apparently, a Department of Children's Services, um, you know, told police that her state issued laptop. Now you can only imagine what kind of interesting things are on a uh, DCES uh, laptop, right?
2: I mean, I have to imagine more than just the idea of personal information.
0: Well, this is. You're- there's a record there's a reason that right uh you know under 18 has their records sealed uh usually some of the time right and uh, you're not allowed to access children's uh adoption records health and safety records stuff like that very easily uh i suspect that um that there was some information on here
2: yeah i mean you know they do point out the fact that you know the reason they believe, and uh, I'm guessing that this is the reason they believe it, because they made mention to nobody. The data wasn't removed because it was on an encrypted partition, uh, or the drive was encrypted, or to that effect. They don't really go into details about how they really did the encryption. You know the encrypted files, right? But you know they're alluding to the idea that well, the data was encrypted, so that's why we don't think anything was removed. But again, that the first thing that popped into my head was oh really so the laptop was stolen and no data was taken off of it you know that that question of are, are you sure
0: well so th- what really kind of makes the story interesting and i'm not uh, maybe i'm just reading it wrong but so there's this anti-theft program they don't say which one because I'd, I'd like a copy of it to play with uh maybe i can send uh maybe i can send my stolen laptop a uh, beacon to your house just kidding <laughs> uh, <laughs> knock knock who's there Oh, it's 4 a.m. and it's the uh, Florida State Police, James. No, just kidding. Um, I wouldn't do that to you, buddy. I believe. Anyway. anyway. Almost. <laughs> oh, right. So the the uh, this is actually um, I'll call this a success story. I hope I hope because this is one of the first times I'm reading where um, encryption and anti theft. Uh, types of beaconing tools were were actually installed on the one that was stolen usually it's these types of tools were installed on every laptop except the one that was stolen right
2: yeah and you know they even make mention here that (laughs) I, i kind of find it interesting that their line is that these uh it's installed on most of their systems so it doesn't really allude to the fact that they're installed on all of the systems. But like you said, this is the good thing because it this was actually one of the devices that had it. They were able to track it down. Uh, I mean it did report its position uh, at least 92 times.
0: Right. So that, that this is the part I don't get. If the laptop was fully encrypted, when it, this is when the device was used to access the internet, okay? If the device was used to access the internet and and they're doing like FDE, full disk encryption, you can't actually log into the machine – without knowing the password and decrypting the disk. So my guess is uh, only parts of the disk were actually full disk encrypted, uh, which means hopefully that, that state official only knew that got their laptop stolen knew to only store data on that part of the disk. Man, they got really lucky with the fact that it was tracked, trackable, beaconing, and it was it had at least some of the disk encrypted. I don't know if they, if I believe they got that lucky. That nothing was, t- you know, there was no stray data. But then again, it was traced to a, uh, oh, it was traced to a very interesting place. Uh, this poor woman who apparently, um, <laughs> the she, she paid money for this stolen laptop, which is unfortunate.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that she's being considered a victim in this as well. The fact that she purchased, or she claims to have purchased, I'll stick with the claims here. Yeah, uh, claims to have purchased this laptop, and now she's out a laptop and. She's had the money she gave to get this laptop. Uh, it Again, one, I mean, I think it leads a lot to make sure that you're doing encryption if you've got sensitive information. I mean, everything they're saying here is is good, right? They've got tracking on it. They've got uh, some form of encrypted partition, whether that's a true crypt drive, whether, you know, they've used some custom encryption that only their application can read those files, uh, you know, whatever it may be, they're using encryption, you know, they're doing a bunch of these different things that they're doing things right, minus the fact that she left it in the backseat of her car <laughs> to get it stolen. You know, I mean, a lot of these things that they're doing, this is what you want to see people doing. It is So that way, when this does happen, you can come through and say, we're fairly certain nothing, you know, nothing was removed because we found it, uh, you know, within X amount of time. The information is all stored on encrypted drives, although I do agree with you that, you know, the chances that this stuff didn't appear possibly someplace else in a downloads folder or, you know, some other location. Uh, there You know, there's a small chance of that, but that also depends on who received that laptop, whether they even have the capability to get that information anyway.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be part of the key here. All right, so let's, let's roll through. Hey, um, there's another one uh, back from the 8th. Uh, the article is Two Held Over Attempted Blackmail of a Manchester multi-million pound internet company. Uh, and this article goes out to, this is from the UK, those silly Brits. <clears throat> and it goes on to talk about how uh, this is the largest cyber attack that Manchester-based, the Greater Manchester Police have ever, ever investigated. Um, but unfortunately, um, I have to say uh, that the, the two men that are held in custody are c- countrymen of mine, uh, two men of Polish descent. Lovely. Thanks, guys. Uh, both in their 30s were arrested at a hotel at Heathrow Airport. At least I hope it was a comfortable hotel. They might not see daylight for a while.
2: <laughs> you know, the one thing I do find interesting about this, when I read the first sentence of it, about the blackmail of a multi-million pound internet company, you know, coming from the U.S., I look at Pound, and I'm like, really, like, the weight of the company actually matters? <laughs> Yeah, know thinking of pounds as in money you know I'm like oh i just got it's just that kinda, yeah it just kind of sounds funny because only americans things like that over here you know it'd be like a multi-million dollar internet company so when you have something like pound that's the same as weight for here
0: you're like wow it's uh, a heavy company why is that
2: right, Yeah, like, oh, wow they've targeted the biggest company and when they mean biggest they mean heaviest <laughs> oh, kind geez. of yeah it's kind of funny but you know it really does again i mean these people that you know, hey, let's go out and denial of service. And I didn't think they really provided a lot of detail in the article about how they were pulling off the denial of service um, or, or what their blackmail was.
0: Now let's face it. It was a bunch of bots that were probably sitting on grandma's laptop and desktop. Uh and, and they were you know, it says you know, they made one of their websites temporary available, temporarily unavailable. So they DDoSed one then um, when when panic set in at the company, I'm guessing this is just you know conjecture, but I'm guessing that the one of the sites goes down, people freak out, and they get this email that says, "So, if you don't want the rest of your websites down permanently, this is what you'll pay us," and uh, and rightfully so, the company being extorted went, "Yeah, no, he won't."
2: So yeah, I, I mean, it you know it's one of those things that just shows this should be an indicator to corporations and companies out there that. You know, look, if this stuff is happening, people do get caught. You know, I mean, people get denial of service all the time. It's worth the time to to report it, work with the authorities, let them know what's going on so they can then take appropriate action. Uh, and, you know, I think a lot of times you'd realize that or you find out that most of the time that this stuff happens, it's from people that are, you know, not so tech savvy, maybe. Or you know, not very smart when it comes to thinking along these evil lines of, "Hey, I'm going to deny this for somebody, and I'm going to blackmail you, but I'm sitting here at the airport, doing it for my hotel, you know, or something like that, and uh, you know, just for people to follow up with it."
0: Yeah, I don't know this. uh, This next one kind of annoys me because I'm sure it'll be spun from a political perspective, but uh, I'm reading it in the Aussie version of uh, Yahoo.com. And yes, Yahoo still exists and has news, for those of you currently wondering. But the headline is Obamacare Months Behind in Testing IT data security dash government. So the Center for CMS, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, I think was what it's called, uh came out with a report that basically said in in not so many words the government is months behind in testing data security for uh, one of the the main things of this new uh, national health care plan that allows americans to buy health insurance on these state interchanges which is supposed to be coming out uh, october 1st right so that's less than just a little bit less than two months away here um and it's odd because they haven't done any security they haven't gotten to the security testing part of this yet Can, do, do you hear a train coming
2: i <laughs> I definitely hear a train coming, and I have to ask the question right i mean this is coming across as big news, but the question's gotta be how are they differ from most other enterprises so many places development slides we're going into new tech uh you know methodologies for doing development. We implement data security late. I think the big deal with this is is just the the sheer impact of the number of people that will be on the system. That if they've got any type of issue, it's going to open it up and could really cause a lot of headaches uh, for everybody. You know, I mean, you have to get in there and start testing this data security. I don't know why they would wait until the end to... You know, wait, 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 hold
0: on. the phone, hold the phone. You don't know why they would wait until the end to tack this stuff on? Have you not <laughs> been paying attention for the last 15 years, sir?
2: <laughs> I have been paying attention. That's why I'm wondering why they would wait so long. Because,
0: cause, you know, it, it's clear why they waited for so long, right? Because they're not done. When the requirements were done ages ago. The systems were built. Everybody started testing. And then they went, uh stuff's not working yet. Yeah. We'll worry about security once things are working properly.
2: Yeah. We always bolt security on at the end. And, uh, you know, with such a tight deadline coming up, I mean, they're going to have very, a very difficult time getting things tested. And even if they get a test performed, being able to remediate any of the major flaws that are found is going to be tough.
0: (laughs) And we know there will be major flaws. Oh, (laughs) there will. It's like that line. Oh, there will be flaws.
2: if if you're at this point, your development's pushed, and you still haven't done any security testing, we know there's going to be major flaws.
0: And and this isn't just like, hey, somebody stole my credit card. This is like, hey, this is you know, you're you're going to be putting in your social security number. You're going to be putting in a whole bunch of stuff uh, into that. And uh, that's a little that's a little concerning for me, sir.
2: I I've got it. I'm curious to know. I mean, do they fall under HIPAA for this? Or because they're a governmental agency, they don't have to do that either.
0: I think their government, nobody – you can't – it's like in Canada. You know, uh, banks uh, have a hard time uh, – IT security folks in banks have a hard time getting security implemented. Why? Because what are you going to do, sue the government? Yeah, it'll get thrown out of court.
2: Uh, you know, here though, I mean you see a lot more people trying to do, sue the government.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's for other reasons as well, but <laughs> the government doesn't seem to care if you haven't noticed. Um so uh, you want to do you want to do one more real quick
2: sure I say we throw one last one on there
0: so Google and passwords go
2: yeah I will tell you what man I've, I've seen this a few times over the, uh, the past two weeks or past week talking about chrome uh, storing your autocomplete passwords in plain text uh, which most anybody in the security industry will say oh that's a no- no right we don't want to store that out there in plain text uh, and they're saying there you know there's nothing wrong with that There's there's no flaw here. Interesting stuff, I think.
0: Well, you do have to be sitting at the machine, right? Is that how it works? You have to be sitting, because the the flaw, the person noticed when they were importing from some other browser into Chrome and they were importing bookmarks and settings that, you know, the passwords bit was grayed out. And they're like, well, that's interesting. Um, But it, I guess this is just you know I I will call it assume behavior do we just assume that you know passwords are stored if if okay first off folks if you're listening and you save your passwords in your browser hands up okay now probably more of you that are just not admitting it to yourself but if you store your passwords in a browser um, I suspect there are other you know other behaviors that you probably uh, probably will fall victim to so I don't know. I don't know how dangerous this is. I really, I can't gauge, but like they say, I can just hear in a world where Google, Google promotes its browser on YouTube, blah, blah, blah. And cinema (laughs) pre-rolls and billboards, right? The audience is definitely not developers. It's the mass market. So the people in the mass market know what this means. Uh, Yeah. I don't know if necessarily we are comfortable with what this means. It clearly means that if, if you're uh, I mean, let's face it, if somebody has physical access to your computer and can do the export-import thing uh, from one browser to another, uh, that could be bad.
2: Yeah, I mean, there, you know, there's definitely uh, the ability for impact here, but I agree, you know, there's so many users that are using this that the people that you use, where you're storing the passwords, and I mean, I don't know a lot of people that actually use those features. Uh, But those people that do use those uh, probably are less targets anyway, not to clump people in that use the save my password feature uh, because I don't know all the demographics for it. But, you know, you're right. I mean, if if you have to have access to the machine, if it's very difficult to get that information out, then... You know, there's there's less concern there. Although, if that means that you're also more vulnerable to having malware or some other malicious software on your machine that could get that information, right? You know, that that kind of ups the ante a little bit.
0: Well, and on that bright, cheery note, folks, it's it's about that time. We are out of time. Well. Hopefully uh you're not uh, you're not too doom and gloomed about uh from this podcast. But you know, clearly uh we've had some challenges and you know, as I as we leave you here, uh if you're in the UK, uh as you pass that garbage can, ask yourself, is my garbage can stalking me?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta wonder they should start building little eyes on the garbage cans that are uh, like the paintings where when you walk by and the eyes follow you.
0: Oh that just creepy dude.
2: Uh- <laughs> Because you know that that garbage can is watching you the whole way, uh, yeah. and I, it it won't be long before we see it. It'll be more than the garbage cans, right? It'll be the city buses. It'll be uh, everything else out there that they can put these things on to track people. Uh, you know, they'll throw them out there to start tracking.
0: Does anybody else have the uh, song "Private Eyes"? They're watching you, playing in the back <laughs> of their minds right now. No, okay. And on that uh, and on that note, as uh, as the uh, show Top Gear says, and on that bombshell. We're going to end the show. James, uh, thanks for riding shotgun this morning. Hey, man, get some sleep.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely going to.
0: (laughs) Have a good one, folks. Thanks for listening, and uh, this is Raf. We will talk to you again when the news is fresh in two weeks.
1: See you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Down the Rabbit Hole, Enterprise Security News. Give us feedback on our website at Podcast.whiterabbit.net. That's WH1T3RABBIT. Or on Twitter at White Rabbit. WH1T3RABBIT. Until next time, on behalf of co-hosts James Jardine and the White Rabbit, Rafael Los, thank you for listening.